We are Guys in Shorts, your favorite podcast for all things sports, entertainment, and pop culture. Be sure you're following us on Twitter at Guys in Shorts Pod, on Instagram at that same handle, and uh, blah, blah, blah. Da, 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 da. You know what? Leave a message. I mean, leave a review. Leave a message. <laughs> Everything, all yeah. of that stuff. You know what? I take it back. This is not Guys in Shorts. This is the Ben and Jeff show. That's right. Benjamin. That's, that's what it's turning into. You're here. I'm here. Where's everybody else? Yeah, They're know. gone. Fuck them. So we need to bring it, which we always do. Yep. Every week. This week, we're going to talk about radio. What what kind of radio do you listen to? It's it's a dying breed. I feel like it's worth talking about. And Ben be loving Howard Stern. I do. So, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, the Lakers' hot start and Dwight Howard maybe uh, being the steal of the century. The Clippers also... Are the Chargers moving to London? What? Yeah. Maybe. That wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Uh, or, or, Gasol- or would it? Or would it? Yeah. Eh, I don't think it'd be the worst <laughs> thing in the world. <laughs> That's because you're a Rams fan. Well, also communism and, uh, you know, China. <laughs> Those things are worse than the Rams, the, the Chargers moving to London, I feel like. Yeah, probably. Most people would agree. Pau Gasol has some thoughts on the current NBA. And, uh, oh, it might be the triumphant return of the Kardashian update. Could be. Oh, maybe. Maybe if you're lucky. I yeah. don't know. Ben wants to do a 30-minute episode. He says that every week, though. Yeah, so after about two topics, we're going to cut it. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jeff Wilson, and that is Ben Garcia. hoopty hoo. And that's it. That's all of us. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, no one else... Everyone else decided that uh, whiskey and podcasting was not something they wanted to do yeah. on a Wednesday night. So you know what? Good on us. That's right. More for us. That's right. Love it. Good to see you, my friend. Good to see you. Honey. Welcome back. How was your business trip? It was it was successful. I uh, I got there, got back safely, and I was able to make it home to take the girls uh, trick or treating on Halloween. So oh, really, that's all that mattered. Nice. Yeah. What, it was it was a good trip. What were they dressed as this year? Uh, uh, Sammy was Tinkerbell. Oh, and adorable. Sydney was Aurora from Sleeping Beauty. Oh my gosh! Yeah, they're at that princess age. Yeah, that's a good age. They love their Disney princesses. I'll tell you, so darn cute. Yeah. Oh man! All right, good stuff. Where to start? All right, let, how about we start with the Lakers? Because okay. that's everyone's favorite thing to talk about yes. in LA, especially this time of year. Yes. Um, they're off to a hard start. Yes, they are. Well, they lost their first game, and and then they they're undefeated since. So yeah. they're they're playing some basketball right now. It's not bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure. I mean, okay. So let me predict what you're about to say. All right, they're still not as good as the Clippers, but they're performing a little better than maybe you thought they were right off. So the bat. so defensively, I you know, um, they're 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 starting. I th- I think they're starting to come together. Um, offensively. I'm a little worried. So they're they're playing well right now. They're winning games. In fact, I, I'm trying to remember who they played last the last game, but they were down 18 or 19 points in the third. They came back and ended up winning uh, the game. Uh, so offensively, they're they're playing well. But but to me, the utilization time of LeBron and Anthony Davis is to me it's too high this early in the season. Hmm. It's almost like they're playing to to you know like. LeBron had a bad year last year, and it's like he wants to get that stench off of him this year. Anthony Davis has never really had a winning season. You know, I mean, he's made it to the playoffs and been eliminated in the first round. He's never advanced past the first round. So I think both of these guys are kind of taking this early part of the season as like, let's get this 
losing stench off of us. Let's establish ourselves as leaders in in the league. And so they're playing that way. They're playing with a lot of effort. They're playing, you know, a lot of touches, a lot of minutes, um, a lot of utilization in the game. And that's great. And and that's turning into victories at this point. But this is early in the season. And as you are aware, as an NBA fan, no one wins a championship in November or October, December, January. You don't win it until May and June. So the concern that I've got is that if they continue at this pace with LeBron being 35 years old, that by the time they get to May and June, he's going to be a shot fighter. And Anthony Davis, who has a head, who's had a history of injury, you know, with this amount of energy that he's expending, it's just something that I'm concerned about. And I, I mentioned it a few episodes ago where I almost feel like LeBron should be coming off the bench. I, I brought that up to my dad and he's like, you're an idiot. You know, <laughs> <laughs> wow, the all too rare Armando Garcia disagreeing. Yeah, with well, so so his his point is is that you good know, job, Mr. Garcia. So his point is that you know this is a team that hasn't really established a chemistry with each other. Yeah. So you have to play these minutes together so that when you get into later in the season, you're able to kind of be able to predict where people are going to be. And I and I do agree that there there is an element of that. But my argument is is that LeBron isn't getting any younger. And if you're having to force him to play these minutes and to score 30 points and, and pull down 12 boards and dish out 10 assists a game, that utilization is going to wear down as the season goes on. So I think there's a fine line for the Lakers that, that, uh, that they need to really watch the minutes of these two guys. And to be honest with you, I don't mind them losing – games in November, December, and January, and going into the All-Star break as a 7th or 8th seed. Okay, but let me ask you this. Yeah. You're savvier than most sports fans. I appreciate that. So let's take this with the fact that we live in L.A., and L.A. loves a winner. Yeah. And there was a lot of pressure on this Lakers team to, I mean, this is championship or bust, really. Yes. To to, to most Laker fans, I agree. right? I agree, yeah. This team needed to come out and make a statement. So so couldn't you argue maybe that's part of the plan is this team had to start hot. We had to go on this tear. And it's expected that any team, even even a great team like this, even a team like the Clippers, even even a Patriots, although maybe not this season, they're gonna they're gonna go on a cold streak at some point during the season. Mm-hmm. And there's there's time for that. As long as you get hot in those months that you said, right. March, so April, May. So that that's I mean that that's a valid point. And and the way I look at it is the Clippers of all teams are the team that really should be getting out there and trying to steal Los Angeles Lakers fans, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know that there's one Clippers fan for every 10 Lakers fans. Sure. And so if that. Right. And <laughs> that's agreed. Yeah. And so with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard coming in, I mean, they're even more championship robust at this point because I think that most pundits that follow the NBA have selected the Clippers as being the better of the two teams. Yet you find that every fifth or sixth game, they're sitting Kawhi. Like tonight, they were playing the Milwaukee Bucks, the best team in the East, and they sat Kawhi. Wow. And when why? Because it's November. Who cares? If they lose this game, who gives a shit? It doesn't matter, right? And that's and that's where I feel like the Lakers, they're not doing that. And and I feel like, you know, they're trying to win. And I don't know if it's if they're if they're scared of the Clippers. I don't know if they feel that it's gonna require, you know, twenty five to thirty minutes a game with those two guys on the court at the same time to to get to the point at the end of the season where they, they feel comfortable. I don't know what it is, but I do feel like 
with LeBron being at the age that he is, coming off injury that he had last year, you shouldn't be having to do that. You should try to treat him more like you are Kawhi Leonard than they are, you know, LeBron treating a 35-year-old like he's 28. That's that's how I feel. I, not saying that that's what this is, because this brings up kind of a good point, but a win now is worth the same amount as a win in April. Yes and no. So, so the okay. Generally, and this is this is in general. This is the way historically NBA has has been played. Is that when you are a young team, you try to win as much as you can because you want to get the highest seed that you can, so that you and, and if there is a game seven, you have a home game. Now, the Lakers have a lot of veterans, and you know, yes, it is the first year that they've come together. But if the Lakers got a fourth seed or a fifth seed. You know, when you've got LeBron with his, you know, playoff pedigree, you've got Rondo if he's healthy. You've got a lot of these guys that have been in the trenches. You've got Danny Green who's played in many many championship series. You don't need to be a top seed because you've got the experience. So long as you've used that season to, to gain chemistry with your teammates, it doesn't matter where you're playing. You're going to go out and you're going to play your best basketball. So... You know, if the Lakers were young, you know, if you remember back a couple of seasons ago, Golden State, you know, when they were kind of breaking in, I mean, they won, what, 68 games and then 72 games, and then the next year they went and got Kevin Durant. But they had to win those games so that they put themselves in a position to be able to play a home game, you know, in a game seven situation. But once you've, once you've established yourself as a veteran team and as a championship team, you don't have to do that kind of stuff. And to me, yes, the Lakers haven't proved that they can make the playoffs, but they've got guys several guys now that have done it. And so to me, it's just about building that chemistry. It's not about seeding. And so, yes, it do, a game in, in, in November is the same as a game in April, but I don't think the Lakers need to play for a top seed. So by your argument, the Lakers are not concerned about making the playoffs. They're in. At this point, it, it's seeding. Yes. Oh, which that's great. I'll so, take to, that. so to me, that's the way they have to treat this season. Yeah. And if they treat it that way and they're able to really watch the minutes of their guys that they're going to be relying on in the playoffs, then yes, you're absolutely yeah. right. But if by doing that, they're not going to get as, as high of a seed as if they played them every yeah. week. Well, the, okay, so then fair enough. The hope is then that this was that they needed to start strong. They knew they needed to make a statement in the beginning of the season and they'll maybe let their foot off the gas, not burn out LeBron and the veterans and then get hot when they need to maybe in uh, March and April. Yeah. F honestly, what I expected was to be 500 through like 20 or 25 games. Like if you think about LeBron James, when he went to Miami, it was him, Wade, Bosch. Everyone was thinking these guys are going to blow the doors off the, off the barn. And I think in their first 20 games, they were sitting at like 10 and 10. And, and literally, they were the disappointment of the entire league because everyone had expected them to play. Now, the difference between that team and this team is that that team in Miami, there was several guys that played the same position. And here now with the Lakers, you've got clear roles. You've got Anthony Davis, I'm playing in the middle, and LeBron, he's going to be playing in the perimeter. So you're not playing same positions, but... To me, I think the chemistry that needs to work out between those two guys is when who's going to take the, the the lane, right? So, I mean, Anthony Davis plays well in the key. If he's hanging out there, it's not going to be open for LeBron to drive in. So, I think that that's the chemistry that those two guys need to to kind of figure out uh, when the, you know by the time the season ends.
All right. I like it. At any rate, it feels good. Can to, we talk Dwight Howard now? Because well, that so was you, what we wanted to talk about. You sent an with? article I did. on Dwight Howard. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I didn't read it. So why don't you fill us in <laughs> on what that's about? So you had asked earlier on before the season had started and, you know, when DeMarcus Cousins was a Laker and we were looking, he gets hurt and they were looking at bringing on Dwight Howard and I told you I was excited. Like I felt that this was going to be his redemption. That I had watched a, a Christine Leahy show, and I don't remember the name of what her show is on on Fox Sports. But when I watched it and I listened to the things that he had to say, it felt genuine, and he was saying all of the right things. And I thought, okay, you know, this is going to go one of two ways: either he's telling the truth, and you're going to see it on the court, or he's feeding you a line of bullshit, and you're going to see that he's going to be as ball dominant as he's been in all these other stops. And so. Really, the knock on Dwight after he left the Lakers was that he wanted to be the star. He wanted to get touches. He wanted to score points. He wanted to be the focal point of the offense. And as each season progressed along, three-pointers became more of the game. And you know, it was less of what Dwight Howard did, yet he still didn't want to let go of being the star. So when he joined the Lakers, he basically told the Lakers, he says, listen, I'm joining. I'm going to be signing a non-guaranteed contract with you guys. If you don't like what I do, you can just release me, and you don't have to pay me a thing. And so, it was more important to him to be on a championship level team. And he finally, for the first time, I think in his career, said, "I'm willing to just do the dirty work." And that's play defense, grab rebounds, and and if I can put it back up, you know, grab the rebound and put it back up without really running an offense through me, I'm willing to do it. And through this point in the season, he's been the steal in the offseason. I mean, the guy has been playing out of control. He's been playing great defensively. He's been pulling down rebounds. I think he's been averaging over 10 rebounds a game when he's been in. And, you know, there was a stretch where, and I think it was a game or two ago, he went 7-for-7 seven seven in the fourth quarter. And it was just literally rebounds and putbacks. And, I mean, the guy is doing everything that, like, a Dennis Rodman type of player would do you know oh. you're not looking to post yeah. you up it's just like i'm just gonna be in here i'm gonna i'm gonna do the dirty work i'm gonna grab whatever rebound that you shoot and i'm gonna put it back up and it's exactly what we were hoping for as lakers fans and if he continues to do this throughout the season he was a complete upgrade from what demarcus cousins would have been wow yeah so i'm excited about it love that man ben you're excited about this laker team uh, it, yeah it's it's I've, <laughs> It's okay to say yes. It's okay. Yeah, you I can say it. Honestly, don't yeah, protect yourself. I still think that the be Clippers, excited. I still think that the Clippers will be the better team at the end of the season because I think that the way the NBA is today, it's about it's 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 positionless. It's about being able to switch defensively, and it's about being able to create shots off the dribble. And and the Clippers have got the two best players in the league. The Lakers have an aging LeBron. And yeah, you know, listen, Anthony Davis is great under the basket, but can, you know, he consistently create his own shot? That's to be seen. And so I, I do think that matchups matter. And if those two teams play, I think the Clippers are still the better team. But yes, I think that the, the team that the Lakers have assembled is better than what I had originally thought. And, and this team's going to win 50 games. Yeah, I love it. All right, let's talk Clippers. Yeah. You also sent an article about uh, the Clippers and uh, Kawhi. monitoring Kawhi's time. 
Karai or Karai Kawhi. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey whiskey. It is delicious. So it kind of goes back to what I was saying about LeBron. And so one of the things that Kawhi Leonard really fought with the Spurs about, if you remember back a few years ago, was his injury and it was about, you know, what was actually going on with his leg. And when Kawhi left the, the uh, Spurs and he went to Toronto, one of the selling points with Toronto was, all right, listen, we don't care, you know, what your minutes are during the regular season. We're willing to let you sit out 20 of the 82 games. I think, I think that's what he sat out. It was like a quarter of the season. He just didn't play. And, you know, anything that's a back-to-back, you're only going to play one of those two games. If there's four games in a week, you'll play three. So they set whatever those rules were. And, of course, as fans, you know, that purchase tickets and that watch on TV, it sucks. Because, you know, using tonight as the example, like they're playing the Milwaukee Bucks, right? They're playing Giannis. And so you would love as a fan to see Giannis match up against Kawhi Leonard. Sure. And you would love to see the offensive and defensive struggles with, with both guys going at each other. And you know what? We didn't see it tonight. So the fans lost. But the Clippers, over an 82-game season, if they can keep Kawhi fresh, he proved that last year he can make an exceptional playoff run and he can play the best basketball of his career for you know 20 games in the playoffs and win you a championship. So if the Clippers can walk away this season with a championship, who gives a shit if he didn't play 20 regular season games that didn't matter? And so... You, you have to look at it from both ways. Now, my, my dad, we were texting back and forth, and, and I'm, I'm actually making the argument that I don't disagree with the way that the Clippers are treating um, Kawhi. My dad is like, oh, he's soft. And, and listen, I, <laughs> oh, I, 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 love it. I, I love that argument because I hate soft. But, I mean, ultimately, the goal is to win. Yeah. So whether or not he misses a regular season game, it does, it's inconsequential. Yeah. And to me, the Clippers are doing it right. The Clippers right. are looking at it and they're saying, we don't care about today's game in November. We care about games in May and June. And as, as, as a Clippers fan, I think that that's what you want. And I'm not a Clippers fan. I'm just saying, if you were a Clippers fan, that's what you want. And, and the Clippers are playing to win. They're playing to win the whole thing. And, and you have to appreciate a management team that is going to do that. It's it's very Belichickian. It is. I uh, I'm not gonna lie. I like that. Although I'm always gonna take Mr. Garcia's side. Yeah. And uh, and generally I anybody soft. anytime anybody says that soft, I agree. But in this case, <laughs> I happen to disagree. It, it. You know what? If it works, good for them. I mean, they're they're brilliant. To and, use to use an ex- I mean, kind of an example. And I mean, this is you know for baseball fans. I wasn't around during the Sandy Koufax years, right? I mean, everybody talks about how great Sandy Koufax was. And he used to pitch nothing but complete games, and he pitched on three days rest his entire career. But guess what? His career lasted eight or nine years. And then his arm was shot. Yeah. You know, and now you're getting guys like Justin Verlander. You're getting guys like well, like that that pitch, you know, like into their late 30s and 40s because, you know, they had five days rest and because they – you know, spots started throughout. You know, sometimes in Ju- July and August. And well, but I mean, that's that's a good question. Do you want your flame to burn hot and fast, or low and and long? It depends on who you are. If it's if it's 
if you're a team owner and you have a championship window that's small, you'd rather burn hot and fast. Yeah. But if you're that pitcher and you know that you can sign two long-term 10-year deals and you can make the most money, then you know, then you're going to force yourself to to tell that ownership group, "Hey, I'm going to pitch every 5 days and if you don't like it, go f yourself." Yeah. I guess it is frustrating. I mean, you know, and there is the balance. Like as fans, we want every player to leave everything out on the field or yeah. the court in every single game. Yeah. But that that really at the end of the day isn't realistic. Like right. these guys, it's a business to them. It's not just like emotional fandom like we see it you know this is a business to them and their livelihood well and so to be honest with you i think this is why guys like kobe bryant are so beloved because that's when you get a match of extraordinary talent absolute focus and undying dedication to a team or an organization yeah and you know, you never questioned Kobe. Kobe never took a day off, you know? And so if you ask me today, who's a better player and who's somebody that I would revere, Kobe or Kawhi, it's like, well, of course it's going to be Kobe. But now let's change the argument. Let's say Kawhi Leonard does this for 10 years and wins nine championships. Yeah. Then you can make the argument, well, if Kobe had done that, maybe he wins 12. You know, maybe it was a detriment how much you know he dedicated and how much he wanted to play in the regular season. So it's really all about what the focus is. I mean, and listen, when Kobe played, that's that's what it was. Like our generation, Generation X was, we're all in. We're going to play regular season. I mean, there was there was a, a preseason game between the Lakers and Kings and they got into a fight. You know, like <laughs> I don't think that today's basketball players – that that's that's even a question that would never happen yeah you know and so it was just it was a different time it was different players you know and i'm not going to say one's worse than the other or one's better than the other it's just different and listen i will always be a kobe fan kobe i mean ever since magic decided to take a shit on the lakers court kobe will always be my favorite laker (laughs) he's fantastic he is the best and but but to me that's why he's revered yeah that that makes sense um actually and that brings us to our next point. Another article you sent, Pau Gasol, makes the statement, the NBA has lost the beauty of the game. You read this article. I'm not going to lie. I didn't. <laughs> you have uh, anything to share on that, Ben? I, I wanted to read his, his uh, quote. It says, it has changed a lot. And, and there he's talking about the game itself. Uh, for me, the big change is the game itself. There are very fast shots, very short possessions, few passes in each attack. There are many hasty shots. When I was younger, some of the shots that were that are attempted today would have been seen by the coach and sent you to the bench as a punishment. Now it's encouraged to shoot in the first eight seconds of a possession. It has lost the beauty of the game, the purity it had, the fact of moving the ball from one side to the other, the ball inside and out, which was to play with the two in the post. Now there are times when there are teams that play with false five small guys all at the same time. I don't know. It's different. I want to keep fighting. I think you can win by playing with two tall players. I wish I can contribute to this theory. Really in this time I have left as a player. The fact is that the NBA likes this dynamic, the speed. This is how society and the world in general are evolving. Everything is like that. Everything is more dynamic and faster. And so essentially what he's, what he's saying is that, the big man used to have a role in basketball. 
where you know he used to post up gate the ball used to go in defenders would come in to close it and then he'd be able to push it out three point shots would happen and now he's saying you know the big man's pretty much been eliminated from the game and it's it's just one dimensional it's you can which team can shoot the most threes at a higher at a higher percentage and that's essentially all it is now and so you know, Pau Gasol has been playing for about 20 years. And so he's seeing the seismic shift. Like when he came in, you had guys like Shaq that were just dominating inside. And now all of a sudden it's like, you've got every, every team wants to hire their, their new Steph Curry. So it's just a fundamental shift in, in what's happening. And he's, he's been able to see it. And he recognizes that late in his career, that he's not really able to contribute much because, you know, he never really developed that game of shooting three-point shots, yet he recognizes that he feels that if you had a dominant center, that today he'd be able to dominate, except he's 40 years old and he just can't do it anymore. So it's it's a really kind of weird time for him. But it, it to me, it, when I read it, it, it hit home because I thought to myself, like, yeah, everything that he's saying is exactly right. Like, you know, some of the things that I loved about basketball, it was the inside play. It was just the Jordan rules. It was knocking people down. And, and then you had the, the the purity of three-point shots and guys that can shoot 90% clip at the free throw line. You don't really see that much anymore. You know, you don't see guys that can shoot 90% free throws. You, you don't see guys that can dominate inside. What do you see? You see a bunch of guys shooting a bunch of three-pointers at 30% clips. And that's, that's what you get. You could be down 12. Three minutes later, you're down 12 because they outscored you 24 to nothing because they made you know eight three-point shots in a row and yeah. so I, I just found it interesting and i thought i would bring it up no it it is interesting and and i'm assuming you agree because we know that you're not a huge fan of just shooting threes i'm not and and the I, honestly, evolution i watch a lot less basketball than i used to and and it it corresponded with two things with the lakers becoming terrible and and the NBA going to three point shooting, yeah. and I feel that you know the Lakers are back. You know, I'll put that in quotes because you know they haven't proven anything. But if they continue at this trajectory, they're they're going to be one of the top teams in the West. Yet I still find myself really struggling to watch basketball consistently. You know, I, I watch a lot of highlights. I read every article. But to sit down and actually watch a two and a half hour game, I, I struggle. You know, there's being a dad, I don't have the time. And also, I, I just don't have this, uh, yeah. you know, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. For this new style of play. Yeah. Is this a pendulum that'll swing back the other way? Or is this something that that is just the NBA is going to embrace? Yes. Or is it something that, that they're going to actively try and no. change this, to make things So to me, this is this, it's never going to swing back. Yep. And the, why is it not going to swing back? Well, because if you look at the at the just at the metrics, if you look at the mathematics, you know, if you shoot three point shots at thirty percent versus shooting two point shots at forty percent or whatever it is. You're, you're, you know, with the same number of shots, the team that shoots three pointers is going to win. And yeah. I don't know what that, what those exact percentages are, but you can, you can figure it out. Um, the other thing that I don't think, you know, really was in the forefront back in the eighties and nineties was the health of their players. And if you think about like, you know, the Jordan rules, like Jordan going through the middle, if you'd remember back in the, the Pistons used to have this rule with Michael Jordan, that if he came into the lane you're going to knock him on his ass. 
And so the league has essentially taken that away by giving technical fouls and, and also suspending players for rough play. So they've taken it out of the element. And so, you know, with a three point shot, no one's getting hurt. And, you know, when you're a player that can sign multi uh, deals for 200, like think about Chris Paul, right? He plays into his thirties. He can sign a $230 million deal. Mm -hmm. It's all about staying healthy. So, if all you got to do out is go and run back and forth and shoot some three-point shots, everybody stays healthy, everybody makes money, scores are high, offense is good, great you know, uh, ratings and television. So no, I, I don't think this is going to change. I think that it's, it is what it is, and if you like it, you'll continue to watch. If you're somebody like me, you watch it when you have a chance because it's just not as interesting. <laughs> So it's it's here to stay. Yep. Unfortunately. There's no there's no Belichickian coach that's going to find a way to shut it down. No, I don't think so. Sorry, buddy. It, it sucks. <laughs> I mean, is there of- any benefit to the NBA finding a way to? I mean, would we eliminate the three point line, or or are you the minority? I I think does everybody well, embrace this new style? Yeah. Here's of play? the thing: is that I don't know whether I'm the mi- the minority or not. You know, I, I, I'm very opinionated. Uh, really? When, when I talk huh. to, when I talk to my work friends, you know, that are all millennials and they're all younger, they're like, yeah, change is great. You know, this is what it is. <laughs> you know, they all embrace it. You know, half of them are Warriors fans. Um, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's, I, I, I would like to think that there's a lot of people out there like me, but, you know, maybe they're just not as vocal. Yeah. You know, and, but here's the thing. NBA, well, they're all yelling at the neighbor kids to get off their lawn. Really. So here's so here's the thing: you have to look at ratings, and NBA ratings have never been higher. So yeah. so that means that I think the average public likes it, and guys like me have just aged out. You're old. I'm getting there. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like your dad is younger than you are. Yeah, he is. Ah, in a lot of ways. Love Mr. Garcia. Uh. All right. Shall we move on from basketball? Let's do it. Good stuff. Hey, we're at 30 minutes. Sorry. We missed uh, <laughs> We missed the 30-minute podcast. Well, we'll skip the we Kardashian one update. One thing in. Oh, we have to get in that in. That's everybody's favorite topic. Uh, how, about, how about we shift gears real quick? Let's talk about radio. Let's do it. Ben, you are a massive fan of Howard Stern. I am. I grew up, uh, well, not grew up, but in high school started listening to Kevin and Bean. And what made me think of this was tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening to this episode, uh, Thursday, November, whatever it is, 7th, is the last episode of Kevin and Bean. Bean's retiring. Wow. We, we don't know what, we don't know what's going to happen with the K-Rock morning show. Okay. But this is essentially the end of an era. It is, because they've been on for what, 30 years or something, Oh, yeah. Right? Since, since 1990. I believe when we were, yeah, I mean, not I mean, quite even in high school yet. Wow! But, but through high school, yeah, enjoyed them, yeah. listened to their show. Yeah, uh, I mean, they're they're by all metrics deserve every Hall of Fame that they're entered into and whatever. They've yeah. they're a staple of Los Angeles radio. Yeah, and and that got me thinking, radio. If you talk to anyone... It isn't know, what it used to be. It's not what it used yeah. to be. Podcasts are what everyone listens to. Audiobooks. There's just too many outlets. Mm-hmm. I am still a fan of radio. I am too. I still love it. Yeah. I I actually really, even though we host a podcast 
together, I still rarely listen to podcasts. Yeah. Or if I do listen to a podcast, it's a podcast of a radio show that was on earlier in the day. Right. And I'm just I'm just catching it where, now. Where they play the highlights. Yeah. You can listen to three hours in one hour. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, I I'm a huge fan of of the the format, the style, the just everything about radio. And yeah. so anyway, it it got me thinking. First of all, uh, just a shout out to K Rock and Kevin and Bean. Yeah, and uh, we were fortunate enough to interview Matt Money Smith. I was going to say that yeah. on the show. Yep. Who was a big part of the Kevin and Bean show for a long time and high water mark of the show. Hi, oh my gosh, absolutely! Yeah. The fact that that guy took time out of his day to talk to us when we're talking to somebody, he says, "Yeah, when I was hanging out with Adam Carolla and Jimmy Kimmel." Yes, it's like, well, hold on, excuse me, you were what? <laughs> and he's talking to us. Yeah, took time out of his day. That was pretty cool. It radio. I feel like radio is one of those formats where we as listeners hold it in such high regard, but. But the format isn't it's not TV, it's not movies. They're not they're not celebrities in the sense that you know most people think they are, yeah. but they're celebrities to us. To anyone that listens to radio, if you right. hear someone's voice on a radio, right. you hold them in if in you, high regard. See, if you do radio right, and 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 actually I think that this is kind of a segue into maybe a conversation that Jeff and I and, and those on, you know other others on the podcast had when we when we initially started the podcast and that is that if you do it right you make your listeners feel like they're a part of your group yeah and you know i i didn't listen much to kevin and bean but you know using howard stern as the example cuz that was something that i grew up with that you know you get to know all the ancillary players you know you you, you know who robin is you know who fred is you know their voices. You know what they what they bring to the table and the different personalities, and and it really just it makes you feel like if, if I was to meet these guys in person, it would be hard for me to really introduce myself because I feel like I already know them and they know who I am. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but I mean that's not the case. They know each other. They have no idea who I am. But I feel sure. like because I listen so much, like I'm just a part of what they're doing, and 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 they do it right. And I'm sure like that's how you feel about Kevin and Bean. Oh, ab- absolutely. And I feel like, and I'm going to throw this to you because yeah. being the Howard Stern fan yeah. and that guy and the pioneering that he's done in yeah. the format yeah. has, has you know, really, it, it's changed the game it in the sense that, yeah, he, I mean, he he's nailed it. So, so okay. Uh, obviously, I, I listen to Howard. And so about two weeks ago, he was playing... Uh, requests from the listeners, like what bits do you want to hear again? And so, you know, there was some of the familiar ones, you know, the funny ones and whatever, but somebody had requested the episode where Howard talks about moving over to Sirius. And so no one in his, the studio knew Robin didn't know Fred didn't know all, all of his, his main main cohorts had no idea what he was going to do because there was, you know, when he was having these contract negotiations, he had the secrecy was of utmost importance because if the information got out, then that changes stock prices. And then, you know, there's, there's all other ramifications. And so for about 30 minutes, he talks about the restrictions in terrestrial radio. It's that you have to take commercials, you know, every certain amount of time. And then like he was syndicated. So, you know, yes, he's, he's being broadcast in New York, but he's also being broadcast in Los Angeles, Chicago, all these other places. And so 
if he was to say something that was sort of on the cusp of being inappropriate, each respective syndicated radio station had the ability to dump a certain section of his show. So if he's in the middle of a bit, and even if he doesn't say any of the bad words, but he says something that implies something bad, they were getting cut. And so what was happening as a listener is you're listening and everything's being cut and you can't really make sense of it. And so he's saying, you know, it takes that creativity that I have that I want to, you know, broadcast out to everybody so that everybody gets to enjoy what we're doing. And I'm being restricted by fines and government and all this other stuff. And he's just saying, you know what, all I want to do is entertain you. I want you to join me on this journey of let's just have a good time. I'm going to put stuff together. You listen, you can join in, call in, whatever it is. And so hearing all of that, and then, you know, at the end of it, he says, so I have decided that I'm leaving terrestrial radio. And one of the things that I want to do is I want to, I, I want to be somebody that, that you know, that, that's referred to as I was a pioneer and, you know, I came into terrestrial radio, but guess what? That's dying. And it's dying because of all the regulation. I'm going to, I'm going to join the satellite thing that isn't regulated. And for all of you out there that are on contract and you want to do something special, come in and join me and I'm going to go do this. And, and, and everybody thought that satellite radio was a joke, but I'm going to go out and I'm going to make it the best thing ever. And all these other people that are being, uh, regulated. If you, if you want to come out and you want to have a voice, come and join me. And you know what? He did it. He was the first major one to do it. And now he's been doing it for like 15 years and his show has never been better. My favorite thing about his show right now is that he'll go an hour, hour and a half. It doesn't matter. He'll have, you know, Lady Gaga on, he'll have whoever it is, Arnold Schwarzenegger, whatever, the biggest stars of the world. He'll have them in and he'll just have a conversation with him. And it literally is like him having a conversation with this star and you just happen to have a seat at the table when they're out having dinner and there's no commercials, there's no interruptions. And he's asking all the questions that you want to ask. So to kind of, to your point, the show that he does now is way different than what it was when he was on terrestrial radio. It was also different than what it was when he came to satellite radio. It's about evolving. It's about figuring out what you're good at. It's about figuring out what the people want to hear. And yeah. there's no one better at it than Howard Stern. Yeah. And, and I almost wish that like, you know, he could listen to this because like he's really hard on himself and, and I'll tell you, I am the biggest fan. I think he is fantastic, but that format that, and that experience that you get in terrestrial radio, there's, there's no other, there's no equivalent to it, right? Like we've never done it. We've, we've done podcasting, but you know, he's got 20 years of experience in that format and that made him, fantastic at what he's doing now and and he could podcast he could do whatever it is like he just knows what people want to listen to he knows how to format it he knows how to present it to his audience and and i'm sure it's the same thing with kevin and bean like you know like it's there's it's just it's a medium that is underappreciated i think that if you're good at radio there there is a niche for you and you know like i mean all of us is particularly here in los angeles we're in our cars two hours a day commuting to work. Yeah. And, you know, yes, we can listen to podcasts and other stuff, but it would be great if we could just listen to the radio and lose ourselves for, you know, a couple hours a day. To keep a show that good and that fresh for that long, mm-hmm. that is a massive achievement in Absolutely. itself. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's not many that do that. I mean, Kevin and Bean, and there was Mark and Brian. I mean, I'm not going to say that they're on the same level, but- you know, there was a lot of these morning shows that went for 30 years. Yeah. 
And, you know, they're not really being replaced. It's like the morning mashup. You know, they get yeah. they get people and they just play a bunch of music because I think radio uh, stations look at it and say, we don't really care. We know we're not going to get a, a big audience. Let's just play music and, and, and we'll let the host interject a little bit and it is what it is. And I, and I think that that's where kind of radio is going and it's not specific to the talent anymore. Because honestly, what's happening is to me, I think radio stations – they look at the cost. They say, how much is it going to cost to hire a guy like Howard? Or we can hire a guy like Jeff that can be funny for two minutes at a time and then we can play music. <laughs> Thank you? <laughs> I mean, it, I'm using you as the example. You know what? Let's say Vic. No, no, no. I no, no, no. Fair <laughs> enough. The fact that I was brought up in a conversation with Howard is, yeah. uh, is flattering. But, but, but they look at it and they go, we can pay right. you minimum wage. You could be funny for two minutes and play a bunch of music. Or yeah. we can pay Howard you know, $8 million and we can lose money every year. Yeah. You know, so, so I think that radio stations don't look at it that way. They just want to make money. Yeah, They're shooting the three instead of yeah. going through the post. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> They're not playing in and out. <laughs> Kevin and Bean will miss you. Check out Howard Stern. What else do we want to take out of that? Yeah, nothing. Yeah, good stuff. I know you'd be loving Howard Stern. I do. You I really we've, do. We've talked about that for a while. That yeah. you wanted to give your Howard Stern love letter on this show, and and uh, that was well done. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. it. Yeah, he's he he's been an inspiration to me. I, I really I, really think he's I've great. only listened to him because of you, and every time I've listened. Whoever he's interviewed, I've come out liking more. Yes. Whoever it is, even if it's some, like Lady Gaga, you yes. mentioned, mm -hmm. who I wasn't necessarily a fan of her music or, or anything. It, Kid not Rock like was I, me. Uh, I, I, using that as an example, Kid Rock was, was the interview for me because Kid Rock was a Detroit Pistons fan. Uh -huh. And I was like, fuck the Detroit Pistons. Fuck Kid Rock. Yeah. He's an asshole. Yeah. Because he was their Jack Nicholson. Okay. And then he started dating Pam Anderson, and I was like, nah, man, I, yeah. I, I just don't see it. Yeah. So I, I went into that interview thinking, you know what? I'm not going to like this guy. And you know, an hour later, I was like, you know what? I need to go buy a Kid Rock CD. Like, Really? He was, he was, you know what? He's such a good guy, and Howard, the way he interviewed him was great. So he has that ability to be able to turn you, if you don't like somebody, to like them, and if you like them, you're going to like them even more. That's, that is a... Or your Madonna, talent. or your Madonna, and the worst interview ever. Is she one of the worst? She was one of the worst. Really, yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Ah, we'll save that for another time. Let's move on. Good stuff, though. I'm excited, and uh, kudos to Kevin and Bean for their long run on K Rock. Uh oh, the Chargers. Yes, they're going to London. Yes, or maybe not. They're not. But uh the talk is maybe they're going to london so so there was a source and i mean you know how sources are we can always claim that we have a source you know it doesn't yeah. you don't have, have no to have a source but there is there is a sources we read an article there is a story yes that either the chargers or the nfl or both were interested in getting the chargers out of los angeles because it's not working it's not working at all right I mean, they've been here three years and they haven't played a home game yet. Yeah. No, no. They can't even uh, fill their uh, their season ticket requirements yeah. for the new stadium. Yeah. And and if they did, it would be because there's a bunch of fans that are on the other team that yeah. just want to buy a ticket. Absolutely. So anyway, Dean Spanos comes out and Dean says, 
this is just not true. And he used a bunch of, a bunch of expletives yes. in, in his explanation to say, I don't know where the story came from. It's not true. Because that means he really means it. Right. And so this article that I read basically was saying, just because Dean Spanos decided to leave a fan base of you know three or four million people in San Diego to come up to Los Angeles where nobody cares about him isn't an NFL problem. And so the story goes on to say, essentially, that this narrative is not something that the NFL should be interested in. And the reason why they shouldn't be is because there's, even though they've been able to sell out games in London, if you were to put one team there, you know, how many free agents are going to go? And over time, how many, how, how is that team going to be competitive? Right. Because I mean, I'll use green Bay as the example. So, Green Bay is one of those destinations where it's like everybody talks about the frozen tundra or whatever, but when it comes right down to it, who wants to play in the freezing cold in December yeah. when you can play in Los Angeles in seven degree, 70 degree weather in December or Jacksonville or Dallas? You know, So a lot of those northern teams where it's cold, it's really hard to get free agents. So what do they have to do? They have to trade for players or they have to, to draft players. So what they're essentially saying that, you know, who's going to want to move to London? And then, you know, if you come to the, to the, to the United States, you're going to have to stay for six or seven weeks to play against teams, you know, before you go back. And then what happens during the playoffs? So there's all of these logistical issues that happen to, to go along with having a team across the pond. And so essentially the article says it's better for the NFL to just send you know, different teams eight times a year. Because if you think about a 16-game 16, uh, 16 schedule, any home team would have eight home games. So if you have eight away games where you get the Raiders against the Rams, you get the Detroit Lions against the Patriots or whoever it is, eight different games where the London people get to see, you know, 16 different teams play, that's going to be more interesting to them than to have, say, the Chargers be a home team there and over a few years, just suck. Because if they suck, then nobody's going to want to come out and watch. Yeah. And so the article basically says, why should the NFL bail out Dean Spanos when he was the idiot that decided to leave a market that wanted him to go to Los Angeles that has, you know, even even making the playoffs last year, they, they couldn't draw enough fans, their own fans, to, to make it a home game. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. The the it, no matter how you slice it, it's it's a mess. I feel like it's a better decision for the Chargers. Not that it's going to happen in the next few years, but I feel like it could work for them. Don't you think? No, I don't. And I think it's because of those reasons. Like, I mean, right now, I think they're a, a borderline playoff team. Well, wait. So. Do you think there's a market in London for an NFL team, regardless of yes, logistics and, and distance and whatever? I do. So so London could sustain an NFL team? I think based on their attendance for the last few years in games, based on what I've read, yes, there is a, there I is think that's fair. a desire yeah. for NFL to expand there. So, so a team could be there. So the Chargers, who have come to LA, even sports broadcasters – a season or two in are still calling them the San Diego Chargers, yeah. forgetting that they're the Los Angeles Chargers. Right. They're an afterthought. They're they're less than an afterthought mm -hmm. in LA. Mm -hmm. No one cares that they're here. They've got less fans than the Clippers. <clears throat> yeah. 
Oh, by far. Yeah. I feel like they have less fans than the Galaxy. That's probably true. Oh, sorry, Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's probably true. But to so so to go to London, where now they would be a big fish in a smaller pond, maybe. I I feel like that would would work for them. Well, think would of it not- this way, right? So, and, and and I'm really bad with names, but let's say that. Uh, Who's who's their? If you, I'm sure you remember their their running back that had held out for a contract. Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon. So let's say that Melvin Gordon is on the team and his contract comes up next year and and they've moved to London. He's like, I don't get to see my family. This schedule sucks. I go on you know eight straight weeks of away games and then I play at home, and then you know playoffs whatever. He's going to go, I'd, I'd rather go play in Los Angeles. I'd rather go play here. And so it, it, it's one of those things where, yes, they're competitive today because of the players they've got, and they're going to be forced to move. But over time, it isn't sustainable. And Well, one of the things I heard was instead of basing them in London, because there'd be a lot of red tape with with being based overseas and taxes yeah. and this and that, they would base the team on the East Coast. And rather than fly from London to the US eight times a year, they would fly, they would be based on the East Coast and fly to London Mm. for their home games. I don't know. Logistically, I know it's different and weird, but I mean, if you're getting paid millions of dollars, I feel like you get over that pretty quick. Luxury uh, airliners these days, I I feel like the world's a smaller place than it used to be. To me, it would make more sense to take like a certain division. Right. So like you take the AFC East, you know, AFC West, whatever it is, and you say, all right, you know what? Your teams are going to play two home games in uh, London this year. Mm -hmm. And then the next year it's the NFC West and the NFC East. And then every four years you, you, you give up two games. And so that was what the article was kind of saying is that like that way the people in London get a variety of teams coming in and, you know, they just become fans of the NFL versus just one team. And, you know, when you're actually the team traveling, you only have to give up one home game every two years, every four years or whatever it is. So it's really not impacting the financial bottom line of each of these teams, yet it's being able to go out and attract others to watch the NFL. And And to me, that makes the most sense. If you can sustain that model, I, I agree. I think that does make the most sense. But if I'm Dean Spanos... And I've gotten myself into this mess in L.A. And the NFL is considering putting a team in London. I'm absolutely interested in hearing what that looks like. Yeah. Regardless of how much I swear on the radio that it's not going to happen. Absolutely. Well, so so here's here's the thing when you're the owner, right, is that. There's a salary cap to the NFL. So there's only so much that you have to pay your players. And then when you think about the money that's coming in, ticket sales-wise, and also just TV rights, right? The NFL, they sell the TV rights to, to ESPN, to, to NBC, to Fox, and you know all the, other, all the other sports networks. So there's billions of dollars that's rolling in. And then the NFL takes that, and then they spread it out 32 different ways to all those teams. So, yes – can I make the argument that nobody likes the Chargers? Absolutely. You can make that. But guess what? Dean Spanos is still making money. So he's looking at it as, 
you know, it is what it is. I, I'm still making money. I'm still making more money here in Los Angeles than I would be in San Diego. Not maybe but, not now, but when that seventy thousand seat stadium opens up and Green Bay comes in, guess what? He's gonna sell out. Yeah. And when the Raiders come in town, you know what? He's gonna sell out. Yeah. And so there's gonna be enough when the Bears come in town, when all you know, New York Giants come in town. There's so many fans of other teams here in Los Angeles that it doesn't matter who he's gonna be playing. He's going to sell out, and he that still gets sense. the TV rights money, and he's still, he's still going to make money. So the only people that it matters to is Melvin Gordon. It matters to you know Philip Rivers. It matters to the players, but it doesn't matter to Dean Spanos. He doesn't give a shit. He's making money, and that's all that this is about. He's he's going to be hated, but who cares? Yep, right. He's still making money. Yeah, it's a good point. Well done, Ben. I'm sure Vic would disagree. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, before we get out of here. We got a Kardashian update. We got to do it, Ben. No, Everyone don't. loves it. They're yeah. fiending for it. All right. Not me. I'm not. But we got to give the people what they want. All right. So the article that I read was that Kourtney Kardashian took a picture in a bikini, and I don't know where it was, but that it showed her stretch marks. All right. Not interested. We're out of here. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> no, that's it. That was the, that was, I mean, there's- That's really, the article? Well, there's really not much more commentary. It was the I picture- I should have read it before I it. mentioned it. Yeah. Well- So essentially, my, my take on it was that, you know, Courtney- Good for her. Courtney, no. Oh, no. Not good for her. Here's the thing. Courtney's a mother of three, and she's close She's close to 40 years old. She's close to my age. Like, at some point, you have to There's. You have to be modest at some point. You know, like, leave that tear. You know, leave that tear significant other. You don't take pictures and put it online. Black. I'm not taking nude pictures and hanging them up online. Well. I'm modest. I don't know about modest. So, I mean, I do feel like a little bit of a hypocrite because I do enjoy the photos. But, there we go. But at some point, it's just like, you know what? When you become a certain age, like, it's just not appropriate anymore. Like, I don't want to see your stretch marks. <laughs> just put them away. Ben. I'm just saying. That is a terrible <laughs> point of view. Guys in Shorts does not share or condone Ben's ah. opinion that is of his own accord. Hey, you brought it up. This is your fault. What? I didn't know that was the take you were going to Well, you should have asked. You were going to have I feel like you're pro anything skin. Not always. No. I've changed. You know what? You know, actually what changed it is that I've got two daughters now. Really? So this is less about stretch marks and more about uh your daughters. It's it's more about just, you know, like just just being modest and, you know, and just not listen. I I don't like, again. This is total hypocrite, right? Because yeah. when I was single, it was different. It yeah. was like you know when you're single. Well, it's like, and I feel like if we checked your browser history, it would also be uh... no, not anymore. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, <laughs> the government they they follow Google and shit. Right? right, right, right. No, but I mean, I, I I truthfully think like in my 20s, it's like yeah, you know who cares? It is what it is. It's free love, whatever. And, you know, I mean, I, you can go back decades and. And then in the 60s and all this free love and all this other stuff. But I, I do think there becomes a point where age has something to do with it. And it's just like, you know, I've grown up. I've realized that, you know, nobody wants to see. And, I, and I'm not saying I'm in the best shape, right? But I'm in a lot better shape than most people that are my age. And I'll tell you what, there's not a lot of people that want to see me in a Speedo hanging out going on Instagram, right? I've realized that. And I think that the Kardashians should also realize that. It's like, let Kylie and Kendall do that because they're of the right age. 
<laughs> but you know, Kim and and Chloe and 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 Courtney, it's like you know what you've passed your prime. Just you know, why don't you why don't you just post pictures of you smiling? Everybody will enjoy it. You know, if you want <laughs> you want to go do squats in your in your in your leggings, then go ahead and do that. But you know, like. To, to to be in a bikini at this point and show stretch marks just for the sake of showing stretch marks is just not something I want to see. I want to apologize to everyone. I did not see the <laughs> going in that direction. <laughs> ben, how can you in 2019 have that opinion? Well, you know what? Listen, I tell you what, I go against the grain. Yeah. Well, you do that. You do that for sure. And and you speak your mind. We can't fault you for that. You're welcome. Well, there you go. I say, Courtney, you do you. Post whatever you want. If you don't want to see it, then just don't look. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, I mean, I'll still look, but judge. <laughs> you're the worst. Ah. Oh, Benjamin. That's why we love you. Yeah, you're welcome. We are out of here. We are Guys in Shorts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Guys in Shorts Pod. Leave a voicemail for us. Tell Ben what an idiot he is. 562-450-3356. Review the show. Uh, subscribe wherever you're listening and uh, share the show with all your friends. Yeah. Sooner, sooner we'll be changing the show to the Ben and Jeff show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I can't even remember who else is on this show. Yeah, it's, me either. I think it, I'm still here, Awapo. <laughs> for Benjamin Garcia, I'm El Guapo. We'll see you later. Bye.